0: <laughs> is everybody ready for the show this week? No. No? No? Okay, no. this is what I need before we can start the oh, show this no. week. <laughs> Didn't I so take enough shrapnel last week? You took a lot, Georgia, and your country needs you to sacrifice more. Um <laughs> so I need someone uh, to volunteer themselves as tribute. It can't be Georgia. So Georgia. Steve, Maddie, I need one of you to volunteer as tribute. I, I'm afraid, what?
1: but I guess I guess it's bad. He's not saying anything. I guess that she stepped backwards and left I don't me understand here. what this means. I don't. I like that. Ever matter? All this
2: means is it's bad for me. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I, you know. Okay. Well, I guess I'll do whatever it is
3: as per, as per usual. You have to say the words.
0: I volunteer as tribute. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm doing what I want anyway. Be <laughs> <the other
4: show. laughs> so, just
3: right. as the capital would
0: all right so we are starting a brand new segment (laughs) on isometric this week called true georgia dow facts (laughs) i want to tell you i want to tell you a true story about georgia dow this is true Georgia Dow gave her life to this country in 1971 after she took upon herself to rent a helicopter and fly to Vietnam and rescue the POWs there. She died in that operation and her body was shipped back in a C-14 transport plane to Bethesda, Maryland. And then when they brought her casket out on the tarmac, they heard a knocking. It was coming from inside the casket. Georgia <laughs> Dow alive.
1: Oh,
0: no. This is the new segment. It's called True Georgia Dow Stories.
3: I think it's really interesting that Georgia was involved in the Vietnam War when she's Canadian. But it's, tr- it's definitely true That's that what she we're was. That's tried to
0: get to the bottom of, Maddie Myers. That's it's what the just show's about one today.
3: One of many mysteries that will unfold. <laughs> eventually over the am run of this show
0: am i a zombie
3: i think does i mean me a uh, that's one way to put it
0: we're gonna find out today
3: or maybe you're a <laughs> phoenix rising from your own ashes to oh, that conquer sounds cooler again than a
2: zombie that definitely sounds cooler than a zombie that's i like that way let's do it that way. <laughs> should we start the show
3: I think this is the show, right? This is the show we're doing yeah. now. Yeah, that's the show. The show yeah, has begun. Here we are. Uh, Welcome oh, to our show. Wait,
2: wait, wait, Toto. I've I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Here, that's Who is my first. the Toto of the show? It's Steve. I, it's right? it's, yeah. pr- it's got to be
1: me, doesn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? It's it's pretty much a given, right? <laughs> Hi there, and welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. Uh, this episode of Isometric is brought to you uh, by Braintree, and we will tell you all about them later. Uh, for now, I am joined by Games Boss at Giant Space Cat and Keeper of all facts that are true and wholesome, Brianna Wu. How are you doing, Bri?
0: Well, Steve, we can't start the show. We've got some true Steve Lubitz facts oh, no. to get to today. Oh, <laughs> no so uh this is a true story about steve lubitz uh steve lubitz was born in west philadelphia he was also raised there he spent most of his days (laughs) playing basketball out on a playground And then one day he got into a fight with a couple of guys that were up to no good and they started making trouble in his living area He got into a fight, which terrified his mother, and as a result, she sent him away to West Philadelphia to a peaceful area of Bel Air to live with his aunt. That's been a true Steve Lubitz
1: story. That's all true. That, that actually happened. Every bit of that. that. That's my biography. Yeah.
2: That's why you wear your hat sideways.
1: Well, you know, I, I can't really pull that off, Georgia.
2: Okay. okay. Mm, sorry, know. I went too far. Yes,
1: so, yes I'm doing well this week, Steve. Okay. Thank you for asking. I, I'm glad to hear it. Do you have do you have any uh, any stories about Maddie or should I just go ahead, go ahead and introduce her? I do have
0: some stories about Maddie. Do you want some <laughs> truth? We have
1: a uh, editor at The Mary Sue who is also not spared from this nonsense brigade. Uh, Maddie Myers, how are you doing,
3: Maddie? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I Steve, I I used to watch the show that was based upon your life. I I think it might have been a little more exciting than what I know about your actual life though. No offense was, or anything.
1: Are you sure? It was called Elf. <laughs> <Owl. laughs>
3: I have also seen that show, an equally <laughs> exciting
0: show. It was a quality show.
1: It, it was. Yeah, so is, it holds up.
3: It holds up. Let's do a separate podcast about ALF. But before we plan that... We have
1: to do a whole, we have to do a whole After Dark about ALF at some point. I would we have love to do
3: that. To do that. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen.
0: Uh, uh, go.
1: Maddie Myers
0: is a fictional character from the children's television show LazyTown. She has pink hair and is often referred to as Pinky by her friends. She came to Boston to visit her uncle, Milford Meanswell, the mayor. Maddie's day always begins with performing a song and dance routine to Justin Bieber, which contains the lyrics, Bing, bang, ding-a-ring, (laughs) ding-dong.
3: don't know the rest of the lyrics <laughs> no
1: nope, i don't i've never seen what, the what, show. You, what lyrics what are you talking about
3: oh well i mean the lyrics to the song that i sing every morning i i think the only song that i know from that show is the you are a pirate song which is pretty great
0: can and, you sing it for us
3: um i only remember the refrain which is you are a pirate <laughs> and there's like a whole lot of things being listed in the song that are pirate-like and not so pirate-like because it's a children's show <laughs> and i don't know um yeah that's all i know about it
1: but are you so so are you a pirate i mean we need to clear this up now
3: uh yeah i mean i'll look up the video for you guys and you can make up your own mind i guess we'll I don't vote know. on whether maddie's a pirate lazy or not. town is kind of a terrifying show i mean really in the is. sense that there's sort of like this child actress and then there are all these other adult actresses all adult actors as well which is very weird it's always weird when a kid's show merges children's worlds and adult worlds in a fantastical way. Oh and God. that is my reality, as we all know. Because
0: you're a fictional character
3: on that Right? show. Right. right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We I'm, should talk about games. I've never heard I, of this, and now I'm looking at pictures, and it's terrifying. Okay.
3: It, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you the video later. So we also <laughs> we also
1: have psychotherapist and senior editor from iMore.com and a true Canadian hero, uh, American, you know Georgia Downey. American.
2: American. I I love the smell of napalm in the morning. That's something I didn't know about you. Oh, we're going to
1: find out a lot
2: about Georgia (laughs) this week.
1: (laughs) Should we go on and talk about some video games before we uh, talk about everything that we know and that is true and and right about Georgia Dow? (laughs) Was that you taking a buzzsaw to the show, or what was that? I don't know what that was, Steve. (laughs) It's called foreshadowing.
0: It's a component of quality (laughs) literature.
1: (laughs) We, because isometric is known as synonymous with with quality okay. literature.
0: Yeah. Okay. Also, it's a
3: book. <laughs> it's literature. <laughs> Shout out to everybody who's reading the transcript of the show, which I have bound in a printed volume.
1: I mean, we call them—we call our listeners viewers half the time anyway, so they could be reading the show, too. Who knows?
3: It's true, because Georgia is used to performing on video podcasts, so she always endearingly refers to our listeners as viewers. But we've never had— Do a, I do that? A, do a, I always do Yeah, you do, do, that? do. You do, I think actually. it's adorable, <laughs> yes. and I never correct you. But there is no video version of Isometric.
2: I, I, I don't even notice that I do— <laughs> I don't even notice that I do Anyway, that. anyway. Let's I, I kinda talk about love it if com, there was like an we?
1: animated version of it that somebody was like doing like stick figure animations of us. Yeah, the, the that would event. be
2: adorable.
1: But seriously though. But yeah, we should talk about video games. We should do that. So let's uh,
0: Dalinate the video games.
1: So so Gamescom <laughs> is happening this week, which is yeah. Europe's E3. And some more details about some games that are be coming out soon. And the, the mirror we finally got some gameplay footage from Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which looked really, really good. You know, Mirror's Edge we can is the sequel to a game from, what, like 2007 or 2008 starring a woman named Faith who is first-person running through the world and is more focused on on running and dealing with obstacles than with actual combat. So it's a little bit of a different first-person game and it's a game that we didn't think we were getting a sequel from. And the, the footage that they showed from Gamescom looks absolutely amazing.
3: Well, I mean, there was still combat in the first one. We should clarify. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. there
1: was gunplay, but it wasn't the focus of the game.
3: Yeah, but it was also like the worst part of the game. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I found it to be very difficult. But the rest of the game was pretty cool.
1: Well, I think that everybody did, which is why they're leaving it out of the sequel, which is good news. Because they're focusing mm-hmm. on what makes the game good, which is the I mean, running. it's good
3: news according to me. I, well, yeah. Do you agree? Well, I Does think everyone good. agree? Yeah, I think
1: that's a general consensus, isn't it?
3: We all have to agree on this show. We can't move <laughs> forward unless everybody agrees on exactly what they like about each game.
2: Love sure. means never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> 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 Whoa, what a dark <laughs> quote out of nowhere. I George just <laughs>
3: Georgia said she was only going to say movie quotes for this show. Oh, that's okay. right! And I just realized she's actually been doing it. Georgia, you're killing it! You're killing it! And Love Story is a bad movie. No one should watch it.
1: I, I want to know what Georgia thinks about Mirror's Edge Catalyst told only in movie quotes.
2: If I'm, you can come up with one, Georgia. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Really? I don't believe that. There's no place like home. Bree, go ahead. Yeah, I think and look at
0: the the trailer. I am I'm really impressed by the aesthetics of it. Like the first Mirror's Edge, I think had a lot of gameplay problems. Uh, just to be honest, as much as I love the concept of that game, I didn't find it fun. Uh, I thought it was pass-fail gameplay, which I think is a a remnant of the Mario era. You know, as much as I like the idea of it, I don't think they were really able to get the gameplay to match that reality. Um, What I like in looking at the trailer is the story seems to be really massively upgraded. The voice actress, I think, really communicates um, a realness. Like, she sounds like a person you'd be hanging out with in real life and not an actress. Um, And I think the aesthetic of it is absolutely gorgeous. Like, it looks like you walked into an Apple store. With green, everything they showed uh, in the in the trailer. So I'm really excited about that. I have a little bit of hesitation because the big problem with Mirror's Edge to me is I didn't think the gameplay could follow through on the concept. So what I saw in this trailer was pretty much uh, Nathan Drake, Uncharted, leaping around environment, gameplay puzzles, but in first person. And having played Daybreak, I hated that game. I thought it was stupid and boring and the parkour just didn't work to me. So as much as um, I love this idea, I've got a lot of hesitations about the gameplay.
3: Even when it comes to the second one? Yeah. You don't think they're going to refine some of that stuff? Because, I mean, I agree that like, the first one had some problems and it, it was, actually wasn't super popular at the time. It was more of like a cult hit. Which is why I'm surprised it's having a sequel.
1: Yeah, I guess the question is, can they? Do you think that they can't? Is it possible for them to be able to refine the gameplay? I guess I didn't see
0: anything in that trailer that made it look like they'd solved that problem. Now, do you think this has? um, I'm sorry, I misspoke on the on the title a moment ago. It's Dying Light is the title of the the first person running parkour game. Um, I think one of the problems with that game was uh, you know it was made by Techland. And they put such an emphasis on static meshes and things in the environment that always wasn't really clear what you could jump on and what you couldn't. I think Mirror's Edge has the um, advantage that the aesthetic is so clean that it's generally more apparent where you should go and what you can interact with. But, you know, I just have to be honest, like doing the stuff in first person is not fun, uh, at least to me. So, you know, I, I hope they've refined that control scheme. Um but you know it's the question is if the the emotional carry through with that character can really deliver on the premise this time i I certainly hope they do
3: i I guess I would just say like i I get what you're saying about the first person thing and and some people in the chat room are talking about motion sickness, which is probably an important thing to to note that that's part of why I think the first one and maybe this one didn't succeed uh but I guess. The thing about it that I was bothered by was just the control scheme, and that's obviously not something that a trailer can show me. But I I do remember having some trouble with mastering stuff like hitting the right buttons at the right time when I was falling in order to slide or um, somersault and do all the different things that, that Faith can do when she's basically hitting the ground. And I remember finding that timing very difficult. But, I mean, once you get it, you get it. But but that learning curve, a lot of people aren't going to get past. So I guess I'm saying I feel like they should make it easier and that might help. And I, I'm sort of hoping they just straight up make the game easier. Yeah. And I I don't, I cannot tell from the trailer whether or not that's the case because that is purely an issue that I had with the control layout and like the timing of the jumps and how forgiving those jumps and landings were. You know, like there needed to be a more forgiving window of time during which I could press recovery buttons, and there just wasn't.
0: I mean, I was thinking about this particularly in context with the Tomb Raider trailer that we're going to talk about next. And, you know, I think if. You know, if Faith's abilities have expanded to make certain things easier, like wall running easier, or, you know, there's some kind of skill tree, um, or if there are multiple ways to, like, uh, solve a section... Um, yeah, I think that will, will solve the main problem of Mirror's Edge, but I wanna be really clear. The main issue for me with Mirror's Edge is when you are playing Super Mario Brothers in nineteen eighty five, you'd try to run across a gap and you would die and then you'd have to repeat the level. That was the exact same gameplay in Mirror's Edge. And it was just a dated concept in 2008 and it's all the more so now. So, you know, what I need to see from them is some, some thoughts about how to solve that while not breaking immersion. And I think it's a tough problem to solve.
1: So, I yeah. mean, is, is that solved by just having multiple ways to complete a section or is it something like more that's more just the, the concept is like limiting it to them having to be like a 2D platformer in 3D, do you think?
0: Uh, I think the iOS uh, version of Mirror's Edge was very successful. It took that mm-hmm. formula, this one, the first games for iPad, um, and you know broke that formula down to jump, swipe up to jump, swipe down to slide, and you know, it was a lot of fun. So I I have to be honest, I've not spent a lot of time engineering gameplay for first person like experiences. It's just I am skeptical that it can be solved. I, I hope that it can by people with more experience with that than I have.
2: I think that the thing for me was that I never got any character attachment. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have any character attachment, then, and, and if the gameplay isn't a lot of fun, so if the gameplay is a lot of fun, I don't need character attachment, and I can just enjoy the game because of a movement or a fluidity or something that I get to figure out things that are in the thing. But the secondary thing would be, like, character attachment. If I love a character, I can also, you know, even if the gameplay is a little bit off or it's a little bit difficult, I am enjoying being this character, and I can end up dealing with that. And I didn't feel that with Mirror's Edge, even though I did enjoy the iOS version of the game. But I just lost it because I was like, meh. Okay, it became dull and kind of I am I was I don't know. It, it wasn't enough to keep me going to want to complete the game.
1: Couldn't do yeah. more. Yeah. You know, the feeling when it's really working like of you like soaring through a level and and you know, jumping off one thing and hitting another and doing all these things in sequence is really great when it works. The problem is that mm-hmm. it works so infrequently that it's it's hard to maintain that.
2: Yeah, that's the stuff that dreams are made of.
1: Right. And and I don't know how you torch <laughs> <George. laughs> up <laughs>
3: I, it's gotta be doable though, because they've made like 3d skateboarding games and 3d snowboarding and skiing games that have that same flow feel to them with a really good level. So this shouldn't be that different from that in an ideal sense. Cause there are these sliding segments and almost skateboarding like segments in, in some of the movements that faith does that like at, at its best reminded me of good versions of that game, but at its worst, I mean, that's terrible, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it doesn't seem like an unsolvable problem to me. I guess I'm playing the role of the optimist on this show and I'm utterly shocked by it because this <laughs> never happens, but, um, I, I guess I feel like I saw a lot of things in the first mirror's edge that seemed like they could be better and I, I am hopeful that they will be, but obviously I don't know. <laughs> And it, and it's not great to me that that Rihanna Pratchett is not writing it, although, of course, she's writing Tomb Raider instead. But she wrote Yay. the first one and she's not writing the second one. And she said that almost nobody from the original team is there, which could be good or bad. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> before before Brie unleashes the fury, we should probably uh, we should, unless you have anyone else has anything else to say, we should probably take a break. And uh, we can tell you that this episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree, which is code for easy online payments. Uh, if you are someone who is developing your own app, you really need to check out Braintree. They're the payment solution that's used for companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Montreal. Um, they have made the payment experiences in those apps uh, seamless and magical, and now you can get the same experience in your own app. Uh, they have excellent customer service and simple integration, so they get you ready to receive your payments quickly. And Braint- Braintree's continuous support plus fastest payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth.
2: They they stop you from having to say, show me the money.
1: Yes, that's exactly what <laughs> they do. Uh, they give you a full-stack payment solution. They support PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more with a single integration, and it's with you on every platform. And they give you uh, fraud protection and fantastic customer service, and they pay you very quickly. So to learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free – that's a lot of transactions – go to BraintreePayments.com slash Isometric. And thank you very much to Braintree for sponsoring Isometric and all of Relay.fm. So, I guess let's talk about Tomb Raider. Yes! Um, so, we got our first look at the gameplay from Tomb Raider, and it sure seems like there's an awful lot of murder in the game, in case you were uh. wondering, worried that there wasn't going to be. It showed about five minutes of Lara sneaking around uh, camp and uh, blowing a bunch of stuff up and killing some people by dragging them into water and and sneaking behind them and shiving them in the neck, because that's what you do in a AAA game. And so... <sighs> Uh, that's kind of a different feel than than both the first Tomb Raider and from some of the, the trailers that we've seen that were, were showed uh, the last time that we saw it, which had famously uh, Lara Croft sitting in a psychiatrist's office talking about mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, her experiences and her and her post-traumatic stress. So, uh, Maddie, you actually wrote about this for the Mary Sue. Do you want to you want to talk about what you were thinking about this?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, so this trailer, it's its not technically the first gameplay we've seen. We did see a little bit of gameplay of Lara fighting a bear and sort of some of the other NPCs at, at E3 this past year. But even that footage, uh, I said in the piece, sort of reminded me more of like what we saw the old school Lara Croft doing in in her much much older original games where she did kill a lot of animals which is not my favorite part of those games but um it's it's definitely part of it and so that's that all made sense to me and I'm not wild about the portrayal of the psychiatrist's office <laughs> but that's that's kind of what I start to get at in the the last bit of the piece um so I did see a lot of people on Twitter and everywhere talking about how violent Lara is in this new footage. And I feel like we are not (laughs) talking about why somebody would make a game about Lara Croft that is this way. And I really think that it's because they think that this is a version of Tomb Raider that's going to sell and they really just want it to be a specific kind of game and look a specific way even if there are other parts of the game they want this preliminary footage to look like it's a particular kind of shooter so that people will buy it and by people i guess i mean people who don't really have any vested interest in the sort of ongoing story that that has been presented by rihanna pratchett in the previous tomb raider um but are really just interested in sort of like leveling up their bow and and maybe are are skipping the cutscenes. so sort of like um you're your mainstream gaming audience, right? And, and like, what what expectation we have about, like, what a game, a AAA game, quote-unquote, should have. And, and I do think that this trailer, like, really hits all those beats, but it also has these other weird elements in it that you brought up, Steve, with Lara going to the psychiatrist's office. So, like, even though this game, note for note, mimics something like Call of Duty or Battlefield or you know counter strike or uncharted which is the most common uh comparison we never see Marcus Phoenix going to the psychiatrist's office, and we never see Nathan Drake dealing with his PTSD. We only see those characters making jokes. And like sometimes there are moments where Marcus is depressed, for sure, and, and Nathan Drake, same deal. But we don't see them break into tears, and we don't see them get really emotionally vulnerable, which has definitely happened with Lara Croft. I think it's definitely true that because of female characters in this role, even though they feel... Like, they have to put in these shooting segments. The way that they're positioned and the way that we talk about them has a whole other layer of weirdness to it because she's a female character. So she's allowed to be emotional, not like her male counterparts. But that means that then we need to, like, put her in a psychiatrist's office, which, which is something that I actually like the idea of. But I'm kind of sad that, like, Lara Croft is the first character to go you know what i mean so that so that's a lot which is probably why i wrote like 1200 words about it but um yeah i don't know what
0: did you guys think before i comment on this i have to ask you a quick question maddie did they when you started working for the mary sue did they did they bring you into a dungeon and give you a chain and just like tie you to a keyboard because your writing (laughs) output is redonkulous these days like it's like i i usually read your stuff but there's just so much stuff it's like Oh, I missed 10 Matty Myers articles today. <laughs> oh, man, I'm a bad friend. Well, there's a point where I just have to say I can't like, read it all. It's okay. So, no, there's yeah. no way
3: that you could. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to do like one long-ish piece per day, and then the uh, the other ones are short news pieces and I never would expect somebody to read all of the news pieces because we are supposed to write five to six posts a day <laughs> and we do. I mean so, clearly
1: the only solution is to have an app that will send all of your articles to Bree's Apple Watch and then she'll that get them the That is you know. one way to do it
3: perhaps, um, but I, when I tweet about my articles, if, if anybody wants to know, I do try to only tweet the longest one or the one that I think is most interesting because I decided when I started this job that it would just be too much, <laughs> even for uh, alleged fans of mine, to read every single tiny news post with a funny gif in it that I write. So oh. um, I'm I'm only doing the the tweets to editorials. But even that, I know one editorial a day is a lot to read. And obviously, I don't cover video games every day. Like yesterday, wrote about the Deadpool movie. Um, but Tuesday, there was a lot of Gamescom coverage, and so I did write about Lara Craft that day. So, I mean, I do like that at the Mary Sue I can write about other things besides games. It's it's made it easier for me to come up with stuff to write about. But that's that's a separate thing. That's more of a personal thing about Maddie Myers's life, which is going pretty darn well if you ask me.
0: So, so let me talk about Tomb Raider. Um, you know, I'm a Tomb Raider mega fan, um, or at least this last one. Like I have talked to press so many times about the merits of this game. Like NPR asked me, they're doing a segment about you know video games with good representation versus bad representation, and like, you know, they did a long segment on Tomb Raider with me commenting on it, like I'm a mega fan of this game. I've beaten it on PS3. Xbox, Xbox One, PS4, multiple times. I love this game. I, I know a lot of the Crystal Dynamics staff professionally at this point. I was very concerned with this trailer um, for the same reasons you just said, Maddie. And, you know, the first game, I felt like I resonated so fiercely with that version of Lara Croft because I never expected to live to 30. I, I truly didn't. And, like, you know, I have a full-blown case of PTSD. I have flashbacks every single day. Um, you know, I've been in therapy about this for a really long time. So this version of Laura Croft that is so vulnerable... But finds that strength inside of herself is a character that I love more than any other video game character. And I could tolerate the extreme amount of violence in the last one because, you know, all the people there were kind of under the influence of Himiko. And it really was a situation where Lara was going to die if she didn't kill. So I could understand that. Um, what I saw was very, very disturbing because it was just straight up murderous gameplay. I do want to say while we were talking on the show, Rihanna Pratchett did tweet about me with some of my concerns. So I'm just going to read what she said. She said, What's been shown uh, of Rise so far has covered a lot of different aspects, including Laura versus environment, Laura versus tombs, etc. While I'm not going to comment on the violence, it's worth mentioning that this sequence is very, very far into the game. So, you know, maybe it's at a point where the narrative can justify it in the same way that um, it did in the in the last game. So, you know, I'm going to trust the Tomb Raider team about that because I know the love and the passion that they have for this character. I I do have to take a minute and push back on you kind of giving some static about the the psychiatrist's office. Yeah. Um, It bothers me that we have movies all the time where someone is shown in in a traumatic event. Like, they're kidnapped or they're shot at, and you don't see the aftermath of that, mm-hmm. which is going to be them in the psychiatrist's office, like, dealing with PTSD. And if you're saying, like, Marcus Phoenix doesn't ever end up in the psychiatrist's office, well, I mean, that's because of toxic masculinity. Like, that's not a blow. On, like, Laura Croft is able to express emotion in a different way. I, I really identified with that, and I loved the realistic portrayal uh, of those consequences. And I agree the scene itself could have been done better, but I I love that they're showing the fallout for that. I don't know. I just, it's why it's so disappointing to see this gameplay, which is kill everything in sight. Yeah, yeah I also want to say, like the, the stealth segments that I saw in there, I am tremendously skeptical that you know Lara Croft can work Metal Gear Solid style I I just flat out don't believe it and I didn't believe what I saw in the trailer I played a lot of Tomb Raider and you know I see the way that they've upgraded the engine and tweaked the abilities and a lot of it makes sense but the stealth gameplay stuff it's it tends to be pass fail and I just I I don't I don't enjoy it and I can't see it working here.
1: I guess. I guess the thing about the first Tomb Raider is also that I mean there are a lot of ultra violent games, and and to, the first Tomb Raider did get there, but it made you feel like there was some thought put into it, and it wasn't just you know running and gunning and and blowing a whole bunch of stuff up. And that's a granted context is everything, but that's what that's what kind of was concerning about that gameplay footage is just that it seemed like it was every other game that we see right now where it's just protagonist just gunning everybody down and not really talking about the you know what happens the thought behind it
3: well i feel like the reason why they show that footage in the context of gamescom is because that's how they believe that the game will be sold regardless of whether this is actually a big component of the game i mean i don't i can't prove that although rihanna's rihanna pratchett's tweet also leads me to believe that i'm right about that which is to say that i think the game is still going to continue the narrative that I liked in the first game and probably have an explanation for why that's happening. But that's not what was being sold in that trailer. You know, like they were not selling the story to us or like Lara as a character that the audience is assumed to be able to relate to. They're selling her as like a cold killing machine because they think that that is what is going to sell the game to that audience and like make them feel excited. And I don't know. I, I just think it's sort of a weird <laughs> commentary on like how game marketing works in like, different contexts and like which parts of the game they feel they can show to different people, but also which parts of the game they feel obligated to still include so that they can sell the game to as many different types of people as possible. And the result is kind of uh, disingenuous. Like I mean, even with the first Tomb Raider, I'm sure you guys remember people complaining about the fact that Laura seems so regretful about committing all those acts of violence in the game, but then goes and shoots another 200 guys. And like, they keep having sequences like that in the game. And There are just so many people on that island, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cult members are on that island and you've got to kill them all. And like that, that is pretty unrealistic and and it's kind of silly. And I know why the game is like that, but, but there is kind of that, I hate to even use the phrase, but ludonarrative dissonance between the story that we're being told about like Lara who, in reality would probably be really upset about having to kill like one person, let alone five people, let alone 600. Right. I mean, I don't know. It's just I, silly.
0: I <laughs> think that, but I think that criticism is a little unfair for two reasons. You know, t- crystal dynamics is a business at the end of the day. I am looking at Tomb Raider and I see logical upgrades on the engine. A really good example was there's was a sequence in the trailer where you, um, mark, a person's head with a bow and you do it to two people in a row and then you release it and then it goes out of stealth and shoots both of them at the same time. That was solving a certain, I don't want to say problem, but a a difficulty with using the bow in the first one. So, I I see them doing this and just upgrading the engine. And again, as someone that played the frack out of that first game, it is a lot more uncharted than it is killing people. I would say it's probably about 10% tombs, Maybe get thirty percent killing people, and the rest is uncharted, like leaping, trying to solve environmental puzzles.
3: Those like my favorite yeah. parts. Yeah, correct.
0: So I see them listening to what the fans want, and like going back, and like people said, "Oh, I want tombs." So that was the best part of the game. I disagree, but I think they're going back and doing that. But I think the I think what my my critique of what you just said would be is I think that there is a certain Game Dev is so expensive, Maddie, and they spent so much money like making this engine this particular game. And then they're making a smart financial decision to upgrade and subtly change the mechanics that they they created. And I think it's just a business reality. And I don't think it's like, ooh, we're gonna like market to this terrible, you know, crowd. I think it's just a reality of what they built, you know?
1: But is there is there Any aspect of the fact that this is not just a game that they have to sell, but that Microsoft is also relying on this to be a system seller by buying the publishing rights and making it a first party game that that might fit into that as well? Yeah, I do.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we actually disagree about that, although perhaps I ascribe more of a, you know, slick mustache twirling money grubbing (laughs) attitude to it because it's me. But like I do understand that that like that's why they're doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's frankly not gonna be my favorite part of the game is is defeating that military encampment it's i love doing that stuff in call of duty like everybody knows i love games like that but in the context of tomb raider that's not what i'm turning it on to play you know like it's not gonna feel like my favorite part of the game emotionally because i'm gonna more enjoy exploring and like hopping around and feeling like a lone explorer discovering this cool mystery whatever it may be um yeah but that's that's what I happen to enjoy. And I think they are trying to kind of offer something for everyone because they're in a position where they need to sell as many copies of this game as they possibly can. So, yeah, that's the result.
1: Yeah, that sequence—that sequence definitely looked like the sequence in Uncharted Two, where I rage quit the game. So that—that that really
2: <laughs> too. There are a lot of hard parts in in the Uncharted, and games. I was playing on. So Easy, you are too, not so. alone there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, it doesn't bother me to mass kill in games, no doubt, because I kill. <laughs> oh, really?
1: <laughs> I didn't know that about you, Georgia. <laughs> um,
2: because, like, I'll—I'll I'll play Call of Duty, I'll play Halo, I'll play all of those things, and it does—it. I don't find any effect to this, whereas the psychology of the manner in which Laura Croft goes about the killing and how um grisly realistic and the small twitching and movements and sound effects that go to it make it highly realistic and that desensitization to that does bother me like i found even watching the trailer and i'm not actively participating in the game during this time and i like stealth games and i like shooter games and i found it very um I don't know. I found it disturbing, which is I think different from other games. I think that they're trying to market this game to being grislier in hopes of getting a larger audience, whereas they're missing some of the pieces that made Laura Croft so popular in the first place. And I did not enjoy that. It's like she comes in and like you know, hello, my little friend, and then she like she's like just destroying things in such a cold, heartless way. And then you know, I like. Though I like the scene of where she go, like, again, I'm biased to that, but I like the scene where she goes and shows at least that there is an effect to that, but you don't see that in the way that she's acting through the game. So they, there's a disservice that's done because of that, because it is relatively cold and heartless, and then, you know, it's later played, I believe, to being something that bothers her, but there's a disjoint disjoint between those two motions. So I don't know, even though I like stealth games, I it, this game did not appeal to me, though I thought it was beautiful, and I liked that she wasn't oversexualized during the game.
3: Yeah, she's wearing a coat this time, which is nice. Yeah, she <laughs> shivering for the whole last game, and I'm like, if you're gonna put her in a cold environment, give her a coat. Mom they gave they her did a coat. have
0: a lot of awesome, like the expanded outfits for her. I have to. Say I this. do like, like those. They are so desexualized. They're yeah. also but not I very d- good, you do have to but, buy yeah. them,
3: though. You know, like I, I, I don't know. It's fine. I just, I just wish she'd had a coat. Yeah, I mean, that,
1: that's, you know, <laughs> having to buy outfits is just part of buying a game in 2015. Oh, right?
3: sure. I just yeah. mean most people will never even know those are there, yeah. and, you know, it's not like the canonical thing. Hey, anyway.
0: guys, yeah. I think Isometric is getting too serious. I think we need some nonsense. Oh. All right. Uh, guys, so we're not being sponsored by Squarespace this week. We're <laughs> <laughs> no, not. They but... learned their lesson
1: after last week, I think. <laughs> no, <there's
0: laughs> okay, they'll be back. <laughs> I hope they're always back, but no. Um, so, Fandus.biz has a very exciting new um, item up for oh sale this gosh. week, and I hope what the, the chat room will go there right no. now and get it. So, right now, Fandas.biz is selling a folder of incriminating documents against Georgia Dow. <laughs> Whoa! You
1: okay. can go
2: there right
0: now. Georgia Dow faked
1: the moon landing for the low,
2: low
0: price of five dollars.
1: Now, it's the
2: shop? I have to find
0: out. You have to watch it. And the person that found this folder of incriminating evidence against Georgia Dow is Frank Reed and he's here right now <laughs> Georgia? trying to tell you all about it. <laughs> it's
4: good that you're saying, oh, my God, because... I did find a lot of evidence to prove that you, in fact, did fake the moon landings. Well, everyone in our audience knows that Georgia is a psychiatrist and has a degree in psychology and all that stuff. Uh, The reason that she has that from, I believe, McGill University is because back before we went to the moon, we did all these psychological studies on astronauts to see if they could be in space for a really long time without going insane. And so Georgia was responsible for doing all these really malicious uh, isolation experiments oh. and, on would-be oh. astronauts, and um, she found that, no, people could not actually stay in space for that long eating food out of tubes and stuff oh. like that with, uh, uh, long enough to go to the moon, so it's actually not psychologically possible. <laughs> So after she did those, she took that knowledge and and went to Hollywood and started making movies about oh like scary people. And when she made uh Doctor Strangelove, she actually put Peter <laughs> Sellers into an love. isolation so chamber. So you can
0: find out Just, all about this by
1: going to fandas.biz. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah.
3: Doctor Strangelove was a good movie. Props for that, Georgia. That's yeah,
1: a yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Very, very yeah. clever satire. I, I, I could yeah. see Georgia like riding a nuclear bomb. I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. There's
0: there's some great evidence in there. We've got photographic evidence that um, you know, uh, Georgia Dow, like the, the legend of Bigfoot is actually Georgia Dow Bigfoot. in a panda suit.
3: Yeah, Georgia Dow really gets around according to this evidence. I mean, it's it's definitely all true and it definitely lines up with what I know about Georgia. Yeah. And Maddie, right. I didn't even know
1: you knew Qui-Gon Jinn, so that's very interesting. Oh, well, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's old and news. That's old Qui-Gon
1: Jinn and Maddie Myers swim behind Georgia Dow.
2: That's hilarious.
0: All right, so Georgia, my question for you oh, is, are you going to confess to these crimes?
2: Well, I've I've always depended on the kindness of strangers.
0: Always depended. So are you going to confess to these crimes? <laughs> all right, all right, saddle off. Let's do this. I've got... A Nerf gun right here. Oh Jesus. This is a very good, very important gun. Oh no. Georgia. Georgia. I need to tell me why I wanna know. <laughs> tell me why I wanna know we're gonna shoot no. frank right run. now. Run! So, run frank, Run! Tell me why I want. Only you can stop this, Georgia. Is this is like
3: a radio drama. You, this is like the most intense episode we've alien. ever done.
1: It's just, I, I feel like George like Jason Snell should be like directing this.
3: See, this is why torture doesn't work, because George is gonna say anything just to get torture? you shot. Okay, okay.
2: Yeah, you Don't Frank don't is hurt shot. Don't hurt <laughs> don't nobody put Frank puts Frank in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> be, be careful, Brie. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog too. <laughs> Georgia, tell me what I want to know. Only see, you can stop this.
1: Georgia's just picturing Frank <laughs> as an orc, and she can last forever.
2: Bree, I'll say it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Tell me. Tell me. I These see dead shot. people. <laughs>
0: Keep going. Tell me. <laughs> 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 Houston, we have
3: a problem. <laughs> oh my god! What is happening right now? <laughs> I really hope this isn't canon.
1: Come on, Georgia. It's true. Wait, wait, wait. We're shooting Frank out of a cannon now. Is that what you're it's saying? It's Yeah, yeah. Frank, or I have an
3: arm cannon. Either oh, one. Uh,
1: you know, Frank. It's true. Okay. I know okay? it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, how many lights are there? <laughs> oh how many God.
2: lights are
0: there, Frank?
2: Bree. Bree.
0: Yeah.
2: Bree. Yeah. Brie? You, yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> That's probably true. I got the truth. I got the
0: truth. (laughs) So I hope everyone will go to fandas.biz and buy the folder of incriminating evidence.
1: Fold it. It's a tremendous value. It's normally $20. It's on sale for just $5. Yeah,
3: we are slashing prices left and right at fandas.biz.
0: I don't know, Georgia. I could lower (laughs) the price to a (laughs) dollar.
2: That would make it more accessible
3: to the people who need to know, you know? Right. But would I, right. would
2: I want my incriminating evidence going out to more people? Doesn't that sound like that would be oh, just bad strategy?
1: Oh, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. But we right. would. Right. Is there any way we can give away the first page for free and then charge for the rest through in-app purchase?
0: No. In-app
1: okay. purchase.
3: <laughs> Not until we release it as an app.
0: And <laughs> yet, like the- Georgia, it did a... Occur to me, that uh-huh. like I thought that maybe you would want to know what was in this document. Like, oh my god, you know, that would be incriminating, but you've got to go buy it yourself. So, also, she already knows
3: everything because it's her life and she lived it, so right, yeah.
0: right. She right, might want to know trip. what we know though. Well, so, she to be would be fair, to Maddie. It. You and Steve are also in these. <laughs> well, we're, we're oh, sure. I just and, looked at the third
2: yeah. piece of that, that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Did you Photoshop that? That is hilarious. These are real photographs. No Photoshop. No,
1: there was no Photoshop. We know what you do in your Canadian backyard. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know.
3: Yeah, everyone knows now. Finally, the truth is out there.
1: All right, Uh, get get Mike on that. All right, start the next segment. All right, so let's let's start. Start the next segment. Oh my god. Uh. Could you, could you stop him from screaming in the background first?
3: No, no, no. Tell him to keep it up. It's really good.
1: Actually, I'm afraid of how she'd stop him from screaming in the background. So anyway, um, we should just talk about this Starfighter mode that's uh, going to be in the Star Star Wars Battlefront. That This is something that we talked about when we were talking about Battlefront at E3 that we were worried that there wasn't going to be any vehicle combat. And it looks like they're putting it in a whole mode that is just – um, X-wing versus Tie Fighter, basically. So, I mean, Brie, as our uh, resident Star Wars battle pod expert, uh, what did you think of of the mode that, when they when you saw the trailer?
0: Well, I, I I saw it, and I'm really concerned that they're pulling a um, you know a Rebel assault with this, you know, um, or what was it? Wasn't it the GameCube uh, Rogue Squadron with this? You know, Rogue Squadron was kind of the the mass market version of. TIE Fighter. And um, the most interesting part of the X-Wing and TIE Fighter games were the tactical differences with all of the craft. Like, um, you know, a, TIE fighters can be blown up with one hit, but you got a lot of them, so you can make a lot of errors. Um, you know, uh, a TIE defender flies completely differently than, like, an X-Wing does, and a A-Wing is actually a superior craft, in my opinion, to an X-Wing. So all these different crafts have a lot of tactical value, and I knew that they were going in the wrong direction when I read that a A TIE fighter flies exactly like an X-Wing to keep gameplay balanced here. And I understand in multiplayer mode why that might be preferable, but it's just, it's destroying the canon and, like, the, the fun of these different ships. Like, what is the fun of being in the Star Wars universe if they're not going to, like... Think about these problems and, like, you know, make a Stormtrooper blaster different than, you know, a Rebel Alliance blaster. The Stormtrooper blaster right? always misses. Right. That's that's the whole point to it. You don't want to be a star tripper. Um, So I'm very bothered by that. And, you know, the uh, a lot of the journalists that got to play through this mode were kind of iffy on it. Uh, I think nausea was a really big uh, theme to the comments that I read. But, you know, I have to say it looks absolutely beautiful. The control scheme that they were going with um, made a lot of sense to me in in terms of using dual joysticks rather than you know a joystick typical flight sim joystick. So I I think it's going to work out. Um, but I I just I feel like it's it's not the droid I'm looking for.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like we have this we have this debate every time that They're something nice. like this comes up just because I loved like the Rogue Squadron and Rogue Leader games and and because. I don't get, you know, I don't get the the same kind of intricacy that you do, and I just want to blow stuff up. So I think that for certain people who are just, you know, not necessarily looking to learn all the intricacies of, like, how a TIE fighter handles versus an X-Wing, but just wants to, like, take an X-Wing and just live out, you know, one of the space battles from Star Wars, I think this is going to serve them just fine, assuming that the controls and, and it doesn't make you sick trying to play it, you know? But, I, I mean, I guess that's why there's both, you know, Rogue Squadron and, uh, and X-Wing.
0: Yeah, right. except they haven't updated X-Wing <laughs> since, you know. Like, they haven't what, updated Rogue Squadron like, either, yeah. so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, well, maybe they'll do something after after they get this. So um, so the last thing that came out this week is there was a really, really in-depth article about the new studio that's taking over the uh, the Gears of War franchise and going through the remains of the Black Tusk studio, and then how they got came to get the Gears of War franchise uh, after Epic left it after Gears of War 3, and then um, what they're doing to make Gears of War 4 live up to uh, to people's expectations, given that that was the system seller from the Xbox 360. And that game is coming up on on a decade since it came out. And there was a lot of Really interesting technical uh discussion about the choices that they made in uh in both in the original Gears of War and why they made the decisions that they made and the choices that they're making in both uh bringing the the remastered version onto the Xbox one and then what were they carrying forward to Gears of war four so uh Maddie is our uh gears of war scholar. Uh, What what were your impressions of of this and how do you feel now about the remake coming out uh, after having having looked at this article?
3: Um, so people may recall that I was very skeptical about Gears of War on this very show last time we talked about it, but this article gave me some hope because apparently I'm just full of hope this episode. Um, it's, it's very long and my, my favorite part of it was actually the second page where they delved into some of the decisions they were making for the remastered versions of Gears of War 1 through 3 and like some of the dialogue choices that they had made in the originals, which I've played and replayed and replayed and, um, I remembered a lot of the moments that they were talking about and so it was really cool to hear them discuss what they were going to change. I I don't know if you felt that way too Bree, but for me that was my favorite part of this just like hearing about how we're going to get to replay these games in in a better format like like stuff like the pauses that are being taken out and the inconsistencies in the plot that are going to be fixed that's as cool to me as hearing about the remasters to the graphics and frame rates and and whatnot like that's that's cool but I really love the story of Gears of War, unironically, earnestly. I love the storyline for it. And I've like read some of the extended universe stuff and like I actually legitimately like it. So, yeah, I I definitely recommend this article like from a fandom standpoint. I'm still kind of skeptical about Gears of War 4, but I'll still buy it because I know myself. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Uh, Bree, do you have any thoughts besides what I said?
0: Yeah, no, I I largely agree with you. Um, you know, it's it's funny because even though I do 3D stuff for a living, um, yeah, I can certainly read the stuff about you know fixing frame rate or particularly the big thing that I is just different lighting models. They seem to add a lot of color to it. But I have to be honest, like the emotional, like there's graphic artists, Rihanna, that can look at the differences in light mapping and textures and poly count of one scene versus another. And I can pick it apart and go, okay, they did this, they did this. But I have to be honest, uh, the emotional impact I got from looking at those pictures side by side, they both appealed to me in different artistic ways. And I don't think the graphical upgrades are super, super important. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they're coming back with this game. And You know, kind of giving it a, kind of sealing its place in history. Um, I can also say here at the Wu household, um, you know, Frank is freaking obsessed with Gears of War three one of his three
1: three favorite games of all time it's an incredible game and
0: (laughs) frank
3: and i have had lengthy discussions about it so yeah i'm
0: not joking about it frank is so dedicated to that game that even though um he has trouble with games like he will sit there and boot it up in multiplayer (laughs) and set it to insanity mode and he will see how long he can survive with two players and building a turret, with switching back and forth between controllers mm-hmm. on horde mode, he will play both
3: controllers by himself. He does. Yeah, wow. that is that's a hardcore cool. game. That is hardcore. And he
1: can't and he can't clear World One One in Super Mario Brothers. I I I <laughs> got it. That's be, uh, The mystery is beyond me. Steve. I, huh? Yeah,
3: I I don't know. I feel like Frank and Zach have like opposite gaming skills because like when it comes to two D games, Zach is a master, but like he would not care about Gears of
0: War. So I don't know. I just think it's funny anyway. (laughs) So, I mean, as far as the story beats, I'm certainly glad they're going back through and addressing that, Maddie. But I've got to be straight with you. Like Gears of War is, it's, you know, it's like, it's like those old war movies from the 30s where it's just so many dudes in it and there are no women around. And I just, I, I tune out to it i I don't care about Hobbit that much, the Hobbit movies you know about georgia dowell i don't i I just don't care if there if there's no one there that looks like me, I just tune out. I I will buy this game because Frank will shoot me if I don't. (laughs) But, you know, they're not... This is where I don't understand with the coverage. Are they bringing Horde mode when they release Gears of War 2 and 3? Are those coming? Or, like, because I know they're not adding it to Gears of War 1 when they re-release it.
1: It sounds like they're going to because they both... Both the reason that... They're not bringing it. It just wasn't in the first game, and it sounds like they were on a really compressed timeline, and they just didn't have time to do any anything like that. And they're also realizing after the fact that they need to bring the multiplayer more up to modern standards, even if they're keeping the single player uh, more true to the original game.
0: Yeah. So there we go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Georgia, do you have any thoughts about about Gears of War? Have you played it, or are you? I've
2: played it. I'm not. I'm not strongly attached to the Gears of War series. I'm just. I don't know. It's interesting to me, and I, I keep on looking through the I, di- I've, I've, you know, I kept on looking through the the screenshots and and taking a look from before and and how they're redoing it. And it, I don't. It doesn't have to be hyper realistic for me to enjoy a game. Like I, it, more details doesn't make it better for me. It's like more gameplay or, or adding something that I find that is fun. I don't know. I'm not that excited about Gears of War. Well, I mean, do you, I know they are one with an Xbox One, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah,
3: but I got to get one sooner or later. I mean, it's just an eventuality. <laughs> but I haven't been for me. like
0: that
1: for any of them.
2: Right? I'm for just, any of the
1: consoles or any of the Gears of War games?
2: Any of the Gears of War games.
1: Okay.
2: It's almost like you start a series and you either, like, it, it sings yeah. to you or it doesn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And this one It can was be just, too much at a lot of times. Yeah.
2: Too. I don't know. It, it, I, get, I think that for me, it was just the level of frustration to fun. Um, I love that Frank was like, you know two-playering it himself i think that's awesome yeah. yeah i think that's awesome and i thought it was brilliant <laughs> you said breathe that he's I, not good at games <laughs> he is
0: good at certain games he is. And yeah. he, this he is he one must of them be good if he can do that um i don't know georgia i would imagine that you because of your bloodlust would really <laughs> enjoy <laughs> holding down b and like chainsawing dudes with a lancer
2: you know it's it's hard if you saw the the picture on fan up is it's hard with all the fur Mm. Yeah. And besides, Georgia <laughs> does that
1: in real life anyway. She doesn't need to do that in a video game.
2: Yeah,
3: that's yeah. true too.
1: First Georgia is huh.
3: the only person who can save us from the locust. And that is another Georgia Dow fact. What? <laughs> 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 uh... When monsters emerge
0: from the Earth's core, Georgia will be ready to fight them off. There's information about that in the incriminating evidence. <laughs> what of else is there? Is there on, more stuff Fandace, than what? Oh, my p-
2: God. Do I have to, I have to oh, buy it? No, You're going to make me a buy it, are
0: It's a huge document. Is <laughs> really? No, Frank worked really hard on it. No, so, I have to buy yeah. it.
2: I have to buy it now. That's it.
0: Here, I'm going to read a line from it. Oh, no. <laughs> How many times have we been here, Georgia? Right here. So close to the truth. That's, a, um, that, um, that's,
2: that's it. I'm purchasing. Exactly I what I, I said. Yeah. That's
1: a line. Yeah. That sounds exactly like Maddie. Not, did sound, well, I did. I heard
2: the sarcasm.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, a little <laughs> bit. A little bit more sarcasm would would kind of sell it for me a little bit better. But you
3: know. yeah. Yeah. I would be more deferential.
1: Uh, I
0: wouldn't be so direct.
1: So, uh, does anybody have any more thoughts about Gears of War? Should we move on to what we're playing this week?
0: Let's just move on to what we're playing. Okay. So I'm going uh, to uh, so, check out.
1: So, oh well, George is busy. Wait, wait, wait. George is busy wait, wait, wait. making more, transactions. More
0: George Adel line. Oh we're no, more George Adel line. <laughs> <laughs> George Adal. Oi, boy, boy. I love
1: you. <laughs> the frog-like creature kisses the Jedi. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Can't do any more though, Bree, because they're not gonna buy the cow if they can get the milk for free.
3: <laughs> this is true. like an important extended universe document for isometric show canon. Everyone uh, needs to purchase it.
2: I wanna have that fun. as my ringtone when people call
1: me, Bree that, going. That could be arranged, Line. by the way. You can pay your, your friendly editor a, a reasonable finders fee and that could be arranged.
2: I want that. I want that, <laughs> Alright, let's uh, talk about
1: Alright. So, Maddie, what do you play it this week?
3: Um, okay. So I played a ton of video games this week, except they are all video games that I've talked about on this show before in nauseating detail. So I'm not going to talk about any of them again, but I guess I'll just say that they were Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Street Fighter, Third Strike, and Street Fighter 4. Those were the games that I spent my week playing and they were all very good and I have been enjoying having people over and forcing them to make me versions of themselves to play in Smash and designing their attacks. That is something about Smash that I think is really fun. The end.
1: Did you get the new new N64 stages yet or not yet?
3: I did not, but we did get Ryu and Zach has been playing as Ryu in Smash and also as Ryu in Street Fighter. So it's like this whole hodgepodge of ryu in my house right now um yeah i
0: I found ryu to be a really i mean i'm comfortable with smash at this point but i think that downloadable character for smash if you're trying to figure out the translation of how to play smash that ryu character is a really good bridge to it and i'm really happy that they added him
3: yeah, i I found him fun. Um, Zach is really into it because he he likes playing as Ryu and Ken when we play Street Fighter. So I think he likes sort of having the crossover there. For me, I I don't really care so much about it because I like just playing Smash the the normal way. But for Ryu, they do allow you to do a lot of the inputs, like you can still do quarter circles and stuff, and the attacks will actually be more powerful. If you do the inputs in that way. So it sort of rewards you for having a little bit of Street Fighter knowledge. And that that's a cool thing to do. Uh, maybe a little bit unfair, but whatever. He costs like six dollars, so you know. It's gotta be a little unfair (laughs) by (laughs) by its very nature, because not everybody's gonna buy that. Anyway, it's sort of a weird choice too to have him in that game. But
0: I was I was frustrated they didn't bring in Cammy or any of the women from Street Fighter, you know. Or Sean Lee even.
3: That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah or
0: even like any and the women from Street Fighter, or even Chun
1: Li. Like we could have. Well, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Chun Li, yeah, Chun is yeah.
1: more synonymous with the with the series than the Cammy is for you know most people. Because she was only, there earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, for, for most people, are only like familiar with Street Fighter from like having played in arcade in the nineties.
3: I mean, I think they felt they had to pick one, and they picked Ryu. But it's still you know maybe if a bunch of people buy Ryu, they'll they'll do more. But I love I Jerry.
0: I love her so much she's the best character that series ever came out with like design wise just oh love that character <laughs> sorry
1: sorry i sorry. don't think they're gonna put jury in smash they should they should you should write okay. to, you should put in that uh that survey that they were doing oh
3: yeah do what happened yeah. to that yeah. did anything know. come out of that i guess rio did rio
1: probably did yeah <laughs> yeah i would imagine hey. hey guys you know what what oh.
0: Georgia, tell me what you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what you're playing right
2: now. <laughs> okay, stop torturing. him.
1: He's actually not being tortured. He's actually playing horde mode sh- and shouting at the uh, shouting at the enemies. Yeah. Georgia <laughs> wants to know if you're I okay, want Bree. Bree. No, yeah. I want proof of life. <laughs> Have Frank take a picture right with today's newspaper. Oh wait, yeah, nobody okay. gets a newspaper anymore.
2: Mm. Right. Mm. Georgia, where are you play? Um, I'm actually going to be talking about what my kids are playing because I th- I think it's really cool and I was actually wanting to ask you, Brie, about it if you've heard about it. But my kids got um, BitsBox, which is a they, they make little programming mini games. Um, and for this, it's for us, it's on the Mac, and they get these little programming mini games where they learn how to program and then they can press play, and they're these. There's these really, really cute games. And so my little ones have been programming all day, all night, these little games. And you get it. Like, they come in with all of the, like, the code to put in it and little stamps to change things and animations. And the coolest thing is that they're starting to understand the rules of coding, and they love it. Like, this is what they want to do all day, and it's called BitBox. And it's just so cool. And I don't know, Bree, if you've heard about it. I have
0: not, but I am telling my assistant to write them and find out about this as a member of the press so I can talk about this. Because I have parents who ask me at least two or three times a day how they can teach their children to code. Yeah. So this sounds awesome. So this it, is
1: like a subscription thing? This yes. is like a nature box type thing and they yes. send you... Huh.
2: They send you different, they, they send you stickers, they send you the, the pages to code. Now, you know, my, my my six-year-old, he doesn't type very well, so it's a little bit frustrating at times because, you know, if and I have no clue of coding, so I'm actually, I love doing it with them because I don't know about coding and I'm starting to learn like little tiny things like closing the brackets to find out if your code works or not. And so it can be a little bit frustrating, but I love it, and they're just completely addicted to it. And you can tell the coolest thing is that they they're now starting to make their own code, so they're they're starting to like change things so that they can change the amount of time that goes by before the ball leaves the screen, or making things really big or really small. And so it, it's just neat because they're really learning the language with it, and it's called BitBox, and. It's it's just I think it's really neat and if you're hoping that your kids learn how to code and uh, grow up to become Brianna this this is a neat <laughs> idea to that you can you too can grow up to be Bri
1: yeah I should get this for my daughter because she's been after me she wants to make her own game and she's we've been trying to find the right thing for her and this looks really good let me hit Georgia
0: Georgia <laughs> My name is not pronounced Brianna. It's Brianna. <laughs> it's pronounced <laughs> it Brianna. Oh,
1: that's it. It's I'm, I'm Canadian. Brianna is
3: like the Marioification <laughs> of Brianna's name.
1: Uh, does that mean I'm allowed to get away with it?
3: No, no oh. one is. Not on this show.
1: Uh, that's Alright. So the Put the taser put down. The, put the drill down and tell us what you're playing.
0: Oh, well, actually, uh, you know, Frank is here. He's live. He's actually going to tell you about the experience he had uh, playing this week. So this is really important. So one of the things we talk about a lot on Isometric is the need to see yourself represented in games. So I'm going to let Frank tell about his experience playing a game this week.
4: So I played Sleeping Dogs, which was... The PS4 remake of it. Yeah, it's actually really, really cool because... Um, there are no white people in it. <laughs> well, there are a few white people, right? Oh, uh, they, they didn't really count. I did not remember them. <laughs> oh, <God>. um, <laughs> there are like the the white Sulus of uh, of the game. <laughs> oh, oh, <my> <laughs> so,
0: what did you think of the game? What did you think um, of the game?
4: No, I actually thought it was really cool. Um, I've been to Hong Kong a couple of times, not in a long time though. Uh, back in the eighties, and um. It was, it was a really good recreation of kind of the crazy energy and just sort of like randomness and, you know, people crowded in the street selling pork buns. Oh, my God. Oh my god, pork buns. I got to eat pork buns in this game, like the best food ever, other than general gossip. Yeah, you're chicken. like
0: walking along, you're like, oh, I want a noodle bowl. Like, yeah. you don't even
4: need any help. Yeah. You're like,
0: I sure could go for a noodle bowl right now. Exactly, yeah. So it was cool seeing your own culture,
4: like yeah, representing it it, it, so. it. it really was. It, was. it was very cool. Um, It was neat seeing, you know, uh, the yellow man. Not as, uh, you know, the crazy villain with the razor-sharp hat or, or you know, um, the comic relief or the sidekick or anything. But, like, all the characters yeah. were... Um... Yeah, that was that was really neat. Yeah. I, I mean I really for me, that. you know,
0: I'm very biased towards Chinese guys. I think they're Aww. hot. You know. So yeah. to me to see I'm not joking. You all heard here. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not joking here. For me to see like an Asian protagonist that isn't represented as a computer nerd, but he's a sexiest frack like dude that's that really cool other dudes but he's cool right yeah. like he's got style he's got self-confidence it's just not a, a stereotype that you see yeah self-confidence often. is yeah.
4: something that you don't see in a lot of chinese characters in, in movies and stuff
0: yeah no.
4: Yeah, unless they're like, yeah, I'm awesome, and then they get eaten by a dinosaur like two seconds later. <laughs> cool. Like, Jurassic cool. World. <coughs> yep, that happens. So uh, anyway, Frank played Sleeping Dogs. Um,
0: I forgot to talk about this last week on Isometric. Um, so one of my very favorite games is Streets of Rage 2 and 3, um, and that came out for the 3DS this week. Um, You know, I bought Streets of Ranch before. I I bought it on PS3. Um, You know, I bought it on different systems, and I can never really get into it. Um, Here, it's the best translation of the game I've seen in a long time. The colors really pop. The, um, the, the, the 3D effect isn't gimmicky at all. Um, it really kind of pops out on the screen in a way that uh, really makes it more immersive. Um, they also, this is a really critical feature. They have the level select code built into the game from the very start. So if you want to play level 8, you can just jump to level 8. So uh, it's a really, really good version of Streets of Rage. It's absolutely worth $6. So I would say. Uh, say that we also got rare replay this week um for Xbox 1 um I have to be honest like I was trying to play Battletoads with Frank on it <laughs> oh, God. and uh really I'm, and that, that like, sucks. <laughs> yeah I it got to a point where it 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 doesn't just let you play that game. It also lets you set it to infinite lives. And it also lets you rewind it Forza style. So like the turbo tunnel parts, you can just rewind your way through and get it. And Frank and I were failing through that tunnel for about 20 minutes. And I said, baby, for the good of our marriage, we're going to stop playing this right now. <laughs> um, I I have to be honest. Um, I don't feel like a lot of those games really hold up. Battletoads, at its core, was kind of an ironic comment on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, you know, it shows in the presentation. Like, it is a, a game made by, you know, 20 something 12 year olds. And uh, it really shows. So, I don't think that holds up. Um, Perfect Dark. I I am really good at that game. I played so much of it. Um, I love that game, and I think it's it's worth buying that game just for Perfect Dark. But Perfect Dark Zero is an abomination. Um, and I really don't think RC Pro-Am or Cobra Triangle or any of the other rare games really hold up. Steve, I'm not as big a fan of uh, Banjo-Kazooie as you are.
1: I'm a fan of the characters. I'm not a fan of the game. The game is not, the game does not hold up. We got it when it came out for the Xbox, when they re-released it for the Xbox 360, (laughs) and that is like the pinnacle of the dark days of 3d platformers on the n64 i
0: i find it to be a superior game to mario 64 mechanically i do but you know it's got the same problem that battletoads does with kind of just you know it's a it's 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 a game for adolescent boys you know and women are barely in it and you know when we are represented we're super sexualized and it's just it's 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 frustrating, but I I do think that game and Perfect Dark hold up enough to make it worth the purchase, um, and you know like it's very rewarding to be able to go all the way through Battletoads and beat it. I think so finally, <laughs> with unlimited lives. So did you yeah, get to but, try
1: Jeff Force Gemini at all?
0: I I haven't. Um, I did play Battletoads Arcade, which is a game I remember reading in. Back in the 90s, when to get video game news, you would have to go to a store and buy a magazine. And I remember seeing screenshots of it, and I always thought it was canceled uh, because I never actually saw one in an arcade. Um, That game is there. It's not good. It's it's really really bad and it gets gimmicky very quickly. Um, Jeff Force Gemini. I know a lot of people compared Rev Sixty to that when it came out, so I probably should do that just to see the style of it. Yeah, maybe. the art style
1: looks a little bit looks like a distant cousin of Rev Sixty a little bit.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah,
1: and yeah. I remember playing it. I don't remember anything about it, but I, remember, I know I saw a lot of people getting really excited about it. So cool. So I got uh, Galaxy this week. Almost like an Asteroids is a roguelike. Um, from the people who did shows uh, "Skulls of the Shogun," and I, I, it's one of these games that I am really, really enjoying, and I will refuse to recommend to anybody because I don't think that it's. I I think that I'm wired for it, and I think that it's difficult in a way that's going to turn a lot of people off. But for some reason, I'm. It's working with me really well. Um, it's got kind of like a a Robotech or Macross. Is it Macross or Macross? I don't know how it's pronounced. Macross. Macross um style vibe and it's like you're the last star you're like the last star fighter and you're you're the only one left of the fleet and you have to try to get scrap and food to try to keep the the mothership um going and you're going through these missions that are procedurally generated that are organized into seasons and the reason that a lot of people are split on it is that there are five missions in each season and if you fail any of them you go all the way back to the beginning of the season and, and it's a roguelike so you lose all of your progress and um, I, have been seeing, uh, some people really like saying it shouldn't be a roguelike or something like that, but I'm actually really enjoying it because I feel like it does a lot of things like Spelunky does where there are a lot of really interesting systems that revolve around how the enemies interact with the environment and how they interact with each other and different things that you have to do in order to be able to survive the encounters. Cause you're almost always outgunned and you have to think about it really carefully before you engage an enemy, and you can do things like there are different rival factions. You can kind of bait one into following you and then get it to attack the other and get them to take each other out and then finish them off or get them to fly into a lava pit. Um, and there's a point where I'm in the second season. and Supposedly it's at the beginning, but I haven't found it yet where you actually get to turn your ship into a mech and That's start cool. slashing people. So um, I, lo- I like it a lot. I've, it's actually gotten me back on the exercise bike for the first time in weeks which has been kind of something that I've been struggling with and I've been wanting to play it whenever I can. Um, but I completely recognize that this is a very niche game in the way that I was complaining that Bloodborne was a very niche game. And so I don't know that I could recommend it, but if that sounds like something you might be interested in, I think it's, it's awesome. So I'm cool. really enjoying that. Um, so does anybody have anything for housekeeping this week before we, uh, or, or any other facts that we need to re- release about Georgia no, before we let, let no. this people
0: go? <laughs> <No. laughs> I, I will say, um, uh. I could probably say this. Um, yeah, I'm going to be missing quite a few isometric shows mm. in the next, uh, month. Uh, it's actually gonna be like three in a row, Jeez. but we have a cavalcade of awesome Unbelievably good guests that are going to be here. So um, don't don't fear. And we're also going to do tape segments that Steve will play on the show. I've committed to as this. I'm not here, so um, it will be like I've never left your your house, ha- your car, or house. To <laughs> or house. Come <laughs> <laughs> He's actually behind you right, right now. Right. Yep, yep.
1: Don't, don't, don't usual. turn around. <laughs> I just – I have a couple quick – I don't know if anybody else has anything else. I was guessing on a couple of podcasts this week. I was on Tanya Depass's show Fresh Out of Tokens uh, this week talking about uh, you know how we do – some of the things about how we do the show and parenting and the Wolfenstein thing, and, and that was a lot of fun. And I also was on um, Jeremy Yoder's podcast, uh, Geek Cross, talking all about uh, Judaism and geek culture and Jewish representation and, and what it's like to uh, be a Jew in a world that celebrates Christmas, so – Uh, And those were both really, really a lot of fun. And so I'll have links in the show notes if you want to check those out.
2: Great.
1: Um, So, and as far as the show notes go, you can find those at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can rate and review the show on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Uh, You can also send your email, your feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. We got a lot of great notes about uh, the show that we did last week, and we really appreciate everybody taking the time to send those in, and we do— Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. wait. okay,
1: we have to talk about okay. this, because
0: I actually read our show reviews for once, and there was someone out there who was really upset at Maddie and I for insulting Adam Sandler on the show. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he called us faux I'm not joking. Mm. They called us faux feminists for like um for like not understanding that there were people what? out there loved Adam Sandler deeply. And they like oh it was a whole paragraph of hate. So if you are still listening to the show, you said you listened to 50 episodes of the show. That's a lot of episodes. Like you said that. Like, right. That's a lot of time to not wow. understand that Maddie and I, like, have opinions about stuff or whatever. <laughs>
3: I feel like that person has not, like, lately, Googled Adam do? Sandler lately. Like, Adam Sandler has been saying some racist stuff and some yeah. sexist stuff. Like, oh, he's yeah. terrible. You, like the, sir, the are the faux thing? feminist. If you're still a fan of this guy, you got to Google him,
1: man. Didn't the, didn't the Native Americans kick him out from the yeah, movie that they was he making was with them? Ma-
3: yeah, he's making a movie that has really bothered the Native American community that worked with him on it and left the set. And, I I mean, like he said, other things that are horrible. <laughs> so you should look it up if you are a fan of him and decide whether you still want to be a fan. And I have zero regrets about laying hard into that jerk. Yeah, yeah. So
0: my message is Adam Sandler sucks. <laughs> He sucks. Yep. He sucks. If you like his movies, you suck. If you still do, then yeah. yeah. I mean, I yeah. liked
3: those, his movies when I was a kid, but like, yeah. not but if anymore. you're an adult
0: with an adult brain. You might want to go back and rewatch that and see if like you still had that child. Yeah, and wonder. like if you yeah. care about
3: the issues that we talk about on this
0: show, then you've yeah. got
3: to realize that Adam Sandler's body of work is not on our side. <laughs> like, That's
0: what I can't figure out like this person is a fan of Isometric and Adam Sandler. They're I don't know. I don't. I think reminded. also people
3: like don't go back and rewatch stuff that they enjoyed when they were kids, and sometimes when you do, it can be really disappointing. But um, in this case, I guess I would say do it. Before you recommend those films to people. Because. Yep. yeah,
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. So if you agree with Maddie and I, get out there and review our show. And I want the headline to be, finally, Adam Sandler gets what's coming. <laughs> <An isometric. laughs>
2: I want to see that. I want to see one person that actually did that. That sounds great. Right. Or,
0: you know, review all the information in the folder of incriminating evidence against yeah. Georgia doubt, And maybe yeah. talk about all the revelations inside and how that relates to how it's like lost,
4: which
1: could like be reframing Lost, lost past the Isometric episodes. episode. Yeah. Uh,
0: right? <laughs> isometric
3: was purgatory all along yeah. or something.
1: Georgia actually built the hatch.
3: Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Also there's pandas inexplicably on the island with us. That's and such, it will that's never true. be explained. That's and true. you'll learn
1: about George's secret connection to Adam Sandler in that in that, in that
3: <laughs> I hope yeah. so. And he will guest star. No, he will not. No, <laughs> he will not.
1: I wouldn't
0: I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Come on. A, he no, will thank not you, be Adam. one of the guest hosts right. when Bree is no. Out.
2: No. We, should, no. we should ask him and just see. Yeah, we should just see what We should no. ask him. He might say yes. I actually would not I hear the Pixels movie isn't doing too well. He might say
1: yes. Oh. <laughs> he needs the money. <laughs>
2: No, he doesn't. No, he does
3: not. He is the fifth highest paid actor in 2015. Oh, and I wrote about it for the Mary Sue. That's and that a was joke, the saddest right? news item I did this week, and it is real. It's not a joke. Guys, let's conclude the show. I'm on <laughs> when is this
1: show? Let's talk. Yeah. Anyway, so we're, we are always, always part of the amazingrelay.fm network, unless there's something in the incriminating evidence that will uh, that will put a stop to that. And you can also find all of us on Twitter. Uh, The show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good and Bree. Where can people find you?
0: I'm about to tell you, Steve. But then I need you to end the show. (laughs) (laughs) Time to end the show. But I can't end the
1: show until everybody tells everybody says their Twitter handles.
0: At Spacecatgal. All right, end the show, (laughs) Steve. Tell everybody
2: your handle. I'm Sam's Clone. I'm at Georgia underscore
1: Dow. Before Frank gets hurt again. So, thank you for listening. Thank you to Braintree for sponsoring us and Hasta la Vista, baby.
0: Fine, Georgia. I won't charge you $5, <laughs> but I should, because it's completely worth $5. Uh,
2: don't read all of it, because people
1: should yeah, still buy yeah. it. Do you see it in
2: Skype?
0: I see you it, see
1: it Skype? in Skype. I'm trying
2: to click it, and for some reason, it does not. Her
1: hands are shaking too much to be able to click it to open it up is the problem. Let me try it's I'm saying I jump if, back,
2: but it's not letting
1: you, me. Can you, do you have it in Dropbox? Can you just send yeah, her a Dropbox? Yeah, let me throw like? it in
3: Dropbox. I feel like we should all read the script, because we're all in it,
0: right?
1: I don't uh, know. I partially. only saw your name, Maddie. I didn't see mine, so. You're you in there a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I'm a supporting cast member.
3: <laughs> you can read the role of Qui-Gon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yes, know. Yes, I,
1: I would be the Jedi in the crappiest of the Star, War mo- Star Wars movies. And we can argue all you want over the sequels. We are not going. I think we can all agree on The Phantom Menace, at least. Uh I am not.
3: Yeah, I. I mean, you don't have to tell me, Steve, but I know that Bree's opinions on the prequels are notorious. <laughs> I love what Georgia Dow is big
1: Bigfoot. This is twenty-seven pages.
3: Yeah, this is what? really long. People need kidding? to know really that they are buying pages. a short novel about yeah. Georgia Dow.
1: You're getting your five money. Your five dollars worth. Here. Yeah, seriously.
2: This is incredible. <laughs> Georgia Dow, fake the moon. I love that my little, like, bobblehead is, like, like suddenly blown up next to the moon oh landing. I
0: asked Frank to, like, I'm like, look, Frank, you can just, like, get the X-Files script and do
1: find, <laughs> replace, and turn Mulder Walter into Cronkite. Georgia Dow. <laughs> uh, some have tried. Some have died. Oh, turn no. back. No trespassing.
2: Oh, no. Why would it be so hard? <laughs> it looks so cool. Like you could reach it out of the night sky and touch it—a <laughs> frightful abyss of freezing cold, the inabridable gulf. It's George using one of the
0: ape suits from two thousand and
2: one. <laughs> I couldn't have gotten a better ape suit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> No, I love exterior my exterior
0: shot. Central High. I like that it looks like day. I'm holding
2: my arms up in the ape suit, like I'm being arrested. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Are we skipping ahead to the script? There's so much here. This I don't, is amazing. Are we going to read this or are we all just going to scroll or
0: like what's happening? But, but Georgia's love for trickery didn't end there. I'm only on. Maddie Myers has her hand on her face, rubbing her eyes. <laughs> Maddie Myers. <laughs> what are my, my choices? choices. <laughs> Georgia Dell. About a hundred miles of nothing in each direction. <laughs> Maddie Myers. <laughs> Where would Where they, they be they going? George <laughs> Dow. We've got two choices. One of them is wrong. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Uh-huh. So I have to be honest, as we were like assembling. Oh my god, this there's a picture of me with the
2: president. present. One of them is actually a lizard man. Oh. Sorry, I'm sorry. Georgia Dow so, installed lizard people at the highest level of the US government. And it's a picture of him, and his face is tearing. And there's like, sorry. Georgia, it's
3: funny that you think anyone can understand what you're saying right now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know. I don't. <gasps> and I've
2: got this happy little innocent face. You're like, hey, what's up? This, is oh. this
3: even a good... This isn't even good. We're all just laughing too hard. Okay, oh, everybody no. needs to just buy this. Clearly, we can't do it justice. But this is a delightful fan fiction slash totally real movie script based oh, on God. reality events that transpired <laughs> about <laughs> it's
0: between all me all.
3: and Georgia Dow.
0: And <laughs> Qui-Gon
3: <laughs> Years ago, <laughs> oh, on a Texas Kirk. highway.
0: And Captain Kirk, and, Captain and Kirk. Spock. How do you get to Captain yep. Kirk?
3: Several Star Trek heroes make an appearance here. This is so, a pretty extensive. Did I extensive... see
1: wulu in there at some point? Yeah,
3: wulu not <laughs> not, not there. Okay,
1: so I have to be
0: honest. So we took the 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 we took the script from *Phantom Menace*. <laughs> yeah, I copied and pasted it in no. there, and then I just did like we replaced the words like you know, Jar Jar with Georgia Dow. <laughs> and it's really funny. Like, which the, page? Which like, page? Georgia Dow. And the best Lisa part is so nobody sorry. would ever know
1: because everyone's blocked that movie out of their brain. Wait, wait, of yeah, brain. Which
3: I page that I have to read
2: with you. Um,
1: uh, yeah. There's, uh, there's no
4: page number. Yeah,
2: there's page Well, I'm doing it in a PDF. Page 17, maybe? 17, okay, I'm going. 16, 17? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to 16. Oh, Georgia my Dow. God. You used to save the me again, hey? Oh, no. I'm Jar Jar. George Adele. I'm jar jar.
0: me. But this is yeah. horrible. You used to save <laughs> me again,
2: hey? Mur,
0: Mur, did
1: you spake?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
2: write this. Blame George Lucas.
1: You <laughs> said Big Doo Doo this time.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, ex to squeeze me at the Moda Grand safe place would be Oh, Tagunta, tis where I grew up, tis safe city. They all stopped. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, I don't think we're giving the Jar Jar actor enough credit. But seriously, <laughs> so as we were writing this, Georgia, I had this conversation with Frank constantly. I go, Frank, okay, look, I really mean this because he'd be like, let's, let's <laughs> tell him Georgia Dow killed some people. And I go, no, we can't put anything in here. <laughs> That would make Georgia Dow lose her license. Thank you. Like, that's too <laughs> Thank you. far. That's I don't far. know. This Jar
3: Jar so. stuff is really damning, Brie. I feel like she <laughs> yeah. could be in some serious yeah. trouble after this she gets
0: could. out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that's out there. You shouldn't have. Qui-Gon, <laughs> Maddie yeah. Myers,
2: and Georgia Dow run into a murky lake and stop as Georgia Dow tries to catch her breath.
3: <laughs> Who am I? Am I? I don't Brie? even remember Who's the Maddie? movie well enough to know. Am I Obi-Wan?
1: I think that would make you Obi-Wan, yeah. yes.
3: All yeah. right, that's acceptable.
0: I mean, I'm the not Jar. Apparently I am like an Van insurance Levin.
1: adjuster or something. You
0: are. You are. Well, <laughs> like, you'd know if you saw alien. Well,
1: you know. I already told Frank it's not happening with with my little pony, so <laughs> All
0: right. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> all I right. think I'm going to bounce. All right, let's so. go let's go
1: watch some Trump and I will uh and I will collect your your files for uh further damning evidence.
0: All Yay! right. right,
3: right, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. The truth, right. there, the, truth. Right. <laughs> the truth is out there guys all right truth is out i want to believe have a good night everybody have a good night <laughs> chat room
3: bye everyone bye, bye.